that Elizabeth was out with a different boyfriend each night and didn't have a job. We've all been there. (laughs) It's like 2019 for you. That was literally 2019 for me. Welcome back to Right Answers Mostly, a podcast on what you didn't learn in history class, but you really wanted to. My name's Claire Donald. My name is Tess Belomo. Tess, it's so good to see you. It's great to see you, Claire. Welcome back to another week of spooky season. And like really the start of spooky season. Yeah, like Candace is not, Candace is so warm, like I, she could not be spooky to me in the slightest. No, and like we didn't try to make that. No. A, like she wasn't in on the spooky season, no. but it was a you know a, a one-off episode. You exactly, could say. it was the start of October. Thank God it's October. I would say probably <sighs> the most universally loved month of the year. It's hopeful. It, it really is hopeful, <laughs> isn't it? Like a month of just like it's the end of summer. Kind. Do you see the the heat wave? By the way, for it's coming. Uh, yes. Yeah, so starting this end of this week into next, it's going to be high of like eighty-seven no. in Santa Monica. No. So to say it's the end of summer, we'll put that. Put that lightly. Yeah, not for us. But it still feels like there is something in the air where you can kind of like realign. I agree. Readjust. I agree. Let go of things that aren't serving you. And we have seen that. And we have seen that very clearly. And what a gorgeous thing. And we love that. I watched Practical Magic last night. I still have never seen Practical Magic all the way through. I feel like you're really going to love it. It's like I was actually thinking of you last night because it's like a matriarch family. Love. It's sisterhood. It's like women that have been shamed their entire lives oh. for centuries. Oh. And Women being shamed. Right? Mm-hmm. Haven't haven't heard that on this show before. What a new concept. But it's so like it's so up your alley. I think you'll just love it. I can't wait. I mean I watched the first Halloween for the first time not that long ago. Well have to for Kyle. Kyle Richards, what a star. Like I was so impressed by her little acting ability. I think she is a good actress. I think she is too. And I could also think I I think Big Kath was on the side being like, you better fucking cry. Oh my God. You know? She was putting like poison in her eyes probably. Definitely. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is like I am your mother. Come to me. Like, they really had a bond early she, she's on. She's still like mama. She is mama. I've thought before, like, is she just doing that to kind of star fuck a little bit? But I actually do think, like, Jamie wouldn't go on yeah. Housewives she if she didn't. She does not need to. She doesn't need to. But speaking of Bravo, we are actually drinking today on the pod. We are drinking Loverboy. Ugh, honey. Ugh, honey. We have loved Loverboy from the start. We really have. We've always been fans. And if you guys aren't watching Summer House, what is you doing? Sorry, a little ASMR. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's one. Also, we have, um, I don't know if you Ooh. know this, but if you're listening on Spotify right now, you can actually watch us on you, the on video, the whole thing. You sure can, honey. Trying to, you know, now have some looks for these episodes. I know. But you know what I was thinking? A write-off. Uh, truly, buy clothes, <laughs> write it off. That's the way it works. It's all for business. And makeup. It, and makeup and spray tans. I, Always for you. We do it for you guys because we, we want to look pretty for you. I, absolutely. I know my legs are a little pink these days, so I need to go. Mm. I have the um, iced tea and lemonade. Flavor. I have the mango peach spritz. We're and crushing. nothing like cracking one of these at 11.30 a.m.? Truly, guys. It, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning, especially like for a spooky season. We need a little liquid courage. Speaking of liquid courage, the most exciting announcement, guys. Yeah. November 11th, 9.30 p.m. in Los Angeles. Right Answers Mostly, we are having our first live show ever. We are – there's so so many emotions. First off, we're just so excited and honored that tickets have been selling so quickly. And then we're also like, you know, we just want to do you guys proud. We've been going back and forth on subjects, kind of like second-guessing – 
doubting ourselves, but I think we just have to be like, you know what? We just got to go for it. You guys love when we just chat, right? Exactly. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to cover two subjects and then we're going to play some games. We're going to drink with y'all. Yes. We had a request to do love it or leave it. Yes. So we'll throw probably that in. Absolutely. Love it or leave it, hot or not. I keep staring straight into this camera. Sorry. It's just hard to not look at yourself. But so hot. Please, um, in our show notes, we have the link where you can get tickets. There are only a handful left. So get on it. Get on it. Don't think you can wait till the last minute because you can't do that. It's our first show because, you know, with love and light. With love and light, we're selling. And you love to see it. Love and Light. We are popular. We are, and we want to connect with you guys. So please, um, if you're in the LA area, like the surrounding area, come on up. Yes, I. We got a message from someone from San Diego, yes. and it's like, please make the drive. I know that's a long drive for I know. an hour and a half show, but we would love to meet you. Exactly, and I know that like some of you guys are trying to find childcare. We so appreciate <sighs> it. I maybe we'll have a daycare one day. Like drop your kids off and then come have a drink with Ram. A Ram daycare. Yeah, that That'd would be, be terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> No one would ask for that. No one wants their children and with us. I don't us. blame you, and that's okay. That's okay. Shall we? Let's begin. Let's oh begin God. spooky. Spooky season. Okay, so this is, I put a poll up, and this one was heavily voted for. Yes. We are doing none other, a classic LA story, The Black Dahlia. What do you know about it? Nothing. Like, Claire. literally nothing? I know that Scarlett Johansson was in the movie or something. Yeah, I think that movie was, like, completely inaccurate, inaccurate too. Also, Josh Hartnett, <gasps> who I think is making a comeback, Josh Hartnett. Is he really? I, I was just so. thinking of him the other day being, like, he was too cute to not have had a successful career. I think something happened at the Chateau Marmont that, like, made his career go downhill. What happened? I want to say something drunk, but I'm not sure. Like, he said something fucked up or did something? I think so. Interesting. But right answers mostly. Right answers mostly. Maybe we'll um, do that story for the live show. Gonna, <laughs> the downfall like, of Josh Hartnett. <laughs> but like we could. We could. We really could. Um, yeah. So I know that there was a movie and I actually couldn't even tell you like what that even – like is it something to do with a spider? No. But that's just like – it's not a Black Widow. Okay. But that this is like my favorite is when the other person doesn't know the story at all because we're about to go on a wild ride. I'm going in completely blind. Oh, I'm so excited. And that – Makes me happy. Me too. Me too. Okay, so shall we? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, well, first of all, also, like, this is spooky season. It's, like, I feel like a big trigger warning that everything's going to be just, like, it's this episode's going to be gruesome at times and upsetting. And right. So, so just know that going in. But in I feel the, like you guys know that. That's what you sickos want us. Seriously. That's what you beg of us You're every so week. sick, but we like it. <laughs> but we love it. Um, my sources, Wikipedia, our stepfather, obviously. Always. Um, the Black Dahlia Shattered Dreams by Brenda Hagen, I believe is how you say her last name. Oh. I only did the Google Books preview, and I was like, oh, I'll just buy the book and put it on the RAM card. Um, $80. $80? dollars for a book for a book the coffee table book like truly i was like what does that even entail so i just did google books shocking shocking um buzzfeed unsolved and the podcast uh the spotify original podcast serial killers wow 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 shall we begin let's go Elizabeth Short, known as the Black Dahlia, was an American woman found murdered in the... I think... Oh, my God. Also, I see that you guys have commented that you really don't like how we don't know how to to pronounce things. God forbid. Like, reading out loud is hard. And we all know it. So, please have some... Um, Some grace. Some goddamn grace. Please be kind. So, um... You struggle as much as you need. Okay, and I will. Anything. And I will. I, I resent those Thank comments. Thank you for the safe space. Of course. So the, I think it's Lermet, Limert Park neighborhood of Los <laughs> Angeles, California, <laughs> on January 15th, 1947. Her okay. murder is frequently cited as one of the most famous unsolved murders <gasps> in U.S. history, as well as one of the oldest unsolved cases in Los Angeles County. Really? Yes. We have a John Bonet. We have a John Bonet, truly. 
truly. I mean, I think John Bonet eats at me more than this one ever would, but it's probably just like more recent right. stuff too. Okay. So, who was the Black Dahlia? Mm. Elizabeth Short was born July 29th, 1924. Leo. We love. She's making a name for herself. We love. She love. In Boston, Massachusetts. She had four sisters. Her father, Cleo Alvin, was a Navy sailor, and her mother, Phoebe May, was a housewife. What a name. Phoebe May. Phoebe May. That's cute. It is cute. It sounds very, like, country bumpkin, and I like it. Um, Her dad built miniature golf courses, and I guess at the time, this is when miniature golf courses were, like, popping off for the first time. What else was there to do? Truly. Like, ride horses, I guess. And no one wants to do that? No. Except for you. I do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so sorry to the horses that I even said that I wouldn't want to do that. I'm sorry. I'm just scared. Yeah, it, it is a scary experience. Experience. But miniature golf, great experience, and they're so popular. So her family's doing well until the 1929 stock market crash, and like no one can spend money going to miniature golf courses. Right. So they lose all of their savings. Sucks. And then in 1930, her dad's car was found abandoned on a bridge, and it was assumed that he just jumped off the bridge into the Charles River and drowned because he lost all of his savings. I mean, you guys have asked us to do the Great Depression, and, like, it's something that we won't do. I mean, I think we could actually do it. Really? Yeah, I just I think like it's, it's a lot to, like, understand because it's a lot of stocks. Well, that's honestly, like, it's not because, like, we've talked about some <laughs> fucked up things. It's just because it's, like, centered around, like, I still don't really know what, what happened. What is a stock, to be quite frank? I mean, you can listen to our Enron episode. Yes. But I still don't understand. Same. We're always just, like, nodding and, like, uh-huh. But that's how I feel when I'm watching Succession. It's, like... 10, like for 10 minutes of the show, always, I have no idea what they're talking well, about. We have to enjoy. disassociate because it's too much for us to even. Uh, of course. My brain just doesn't work that can't, way. Can't do it. Um, so now Elizabeth's mom, Phoebe, is left alone with her five daughters, like having to provide for herself being a woman in that time. So she's like, fuck, what do I do? Um, she starts working as a bookkeeper, but they're barely scraping by. Um, they have to move to a two-bedroom house. So it's six women in a two-bedroom house. <laughs> The bathroom, there's never been so much hair in a sink before. I mean, literally, though. So life was, like, really rough for for them. However, her mom was like, I need to find joy for my daughters at some point. And so they would go to the movies really frequently. Oh. Movies weren't, like, expensive for the context of. I know. I think they were literally, and I know inflation and all that stuff, but I know at one point they were a quarter. But they were a nickel. A Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Titanic. You know the quote? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but they were able to make it. And this is where Elizabeth is like, I want to be a star. Oh, sweetheart. (laughs) We've all been there. We've all been there. We're still there. We're still there. We're still there. We relate to you on that. Um, So (laughs) she also, she likes the attention. She wins a few beauty pageants. She was a gorgeous woman, Elizabeth Short. Um, But as a child, she was constantly getting bronchitis and she had asthma attacks. So at age 15, um, the doctors were like, oh, she had to get lung surgery. Oh, my God. Super intense. And then the doctors were like, okay, listen, you need to periodically live in a milder climate to recover. So like the winters in Boston are not going to do it for you. You need to go to like a beach. So her family, her mom sends her off during the winters to go stay with family friends in Miami. Uh She's like, I kind of love bronchitis, actually. She's like, bronchitis is so hot right now, and I've never loved it more. Wow. Exactly. So that's great. It's gorgeous for her. And she drops out of high school when she's a sophomore. I don't really know why. I think she was just like, this is not for me. She's like, I'm too pretty. Exactly. For this. Truly, probably. And she's living in Miami. Damn. Um, In late 1942, when Elizabeth was 18, her mom, Phoebe, receives a letter. And it's a letter from her husband, from 
um, Elizabeth's dad saying he is alive <gasps> and apologizing. He was like, hey, so sorry. I'm actually not dead. But I just was like freaking out about everything. And I started a new life in California. He staged his death? He, he just disappeared. He disappeared from plain sight, didn't tell anyone, let everyone think, let her mom do all of that stuff to have to provide for their whole family. And then he's like, I'm so sorry. I love you. Can you will you take me back? You know, ladies, <laughs> raise the bar. You know what we're going to say? Raise the fucking bar. Some things are unforgivable and no, that might be one of them. Do not paint your red flag screen. No, that is mm. actually unforgivable. Uh, I mean, that it's psychotic, too. Can you imagine getting that letter from a man, your husband, that you think is dead for 12 years? You have mourned it? And he has another, he's remarried and has another family? He's, he does not have, oh. he, he I'm just making up his whole stuff. <laughs> I'm just making it worse. He's like, he had seven children. Oh, so he didn't. No, he just like left town, went to California to start fresh. I mean, what a coward. What a coward. Like, so horrible. I can't, How do you live with yourself? Oh, God. Does so, she get back together with him? No. Thank her God. Mom, her mom, Phoebe is like, fuck you. But Elizabeth is like, wait, my dad's living in California? Oh, God. Let's have some boundaries. Well, she was like, I – he lives in California. That's great weather. It's going to be great for my bronchitis. She's like, who cares that he abandoned me? Truly. And she's like, movie stars live in California, so I'm going to go live with my dad. Oh, God. So she moves to Viejo, California – um, she's like, it's not Hollywood, but it's closer. And she lives with her father, whom she had not seen since age six. It had been 12 years. How awkward. Like, I, <laughs> I just can't. It makes me that. sick. Like, it makes me. Do you even remember sick. someone when you're like six and then you also like they abandon you? So you probably have some trauma. And it's also like in that time, it's not like you have a ton of pictures and videos. So you no. probably like, don't even really know, remember that person. Oh, then you just feel like you're interacting with like a strange, strange man. man. No, you couldn't pay me. No, not but us. She, not, you're talking to the wrong girls. <laughs> yeah. The wrong girls, but she wanted to do it. So she moves out there. It immediately doesn't go well. They end up getting in arguments all the time because he expected when she moved in to become a maid. Basically, he was like, yeah, you can move into my house if you cook and clean for me. Yeah. Weren't we just talking about this on an episode? Oh, with Sunny and Cher. With Cher. He's like, you can move into my house if you're my house cleaner. She's like, sure. It's crazy. Well, Elizabeth was not like, sure. Elizabeth was like, I'm in California. I'm going to go out with guys every night. I'm oh. going to go out and be young, wild, and free. As she should. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to even clean up after myself. And oh. so her dad, Cleo, was like, you need to get out. Then he kicks her out. Right. I mean, there's some level of respect, you know. Yeah. But I think he was just mad that she was like a woman and not cleaning, to be completely honest. Yeah. Gross. Gross. You know, I always like want to time travel and then this story in particular I'm like I'm so glad I was not a woman in the 40s or really like a woman until like or really like anyone but a white man yeah you're not seeing like the respect (laughs) that we sometimes see now the respect is missing yeah um so she's drifting around southern California and eventually Elizabeth lands in Santa Barbara Mm. schlove um, and she is going to live with one of her girlfriends. Okay. Platonic girlfriends. And her girlfriend lived with a soldier. Um, so the gals always went out drinking with the soldiers. And they were rowdy. Hey, sailor. Hey, sailor. Okay. Elizabeth was a rowdy gal in a great way, in a normal way. Oh, that's fun. So they had like a little group of, group of guys. Yeah. Probably and everyone was hooking up with each other. Of course. So they go out to drink one night and they get a little too rowdy and then the police come in and arrest them. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth gets arrested because she was 19 so she was drinking underage. When did the 21... We talked about this in Prohibition. Yeah, fuck. I... But I... At first I thought there was like 18 was a drinking age but then I think it got moved to 21. So this was in the... This is in the 40s? This was in the 40s, Okay, so yeah. maybe after Pro... Like... 
it was 18 then prohibition yeah they got, maybe like, that's what it was stricter yeah i bet that's what it was Right answers mostly. Yeah, you know. Um, so they actually send her back to Massachusetts because she was underage, living alone, drinking. Oh. Which is so crazy. So they send her, the authorities send her to Massachusetts, and she was like, my heart belongs in Florida. So she goes back to Miami. She's a Florida gal. She's a Florida gal. Uh, she's a beach gal. Um, and then when she was in Florida, she met Major Matthew Michael Gordon Jr., and they have a romance. But it was brief because he was about to be deployed. But they would like they were falling in love, writing letters to each other. Okay. And then he proposes in her in the letter, and she says yes, which is like this is such a different time. Like to barely Propose know someone in a letter. I'd be so pissed. Letter. That's like today, like proposing via text. Don't it, you think it, it is? And I know it's like different time. Also, like going off to war, like. Never knowing when you're going to see someone again, right. let alone if they have been like, brutally killed. Not to be dramatic, but I dropped Corey off at the airport for Ireland for a week, and I was like, I could never do it for war. I was like, no, also, you, no, it's too dark. <laughs> but like the thoughts you have sometimes of just yes. of death and losing people. It's crazy. Well, he ended up dying. Or the guy that she said yes, and oh. then um, he died in a plane crash on August 10th, 1945. And I just wrote, war sucks. War sucks. And did, you heard it here first. Did she have a ring and I don't think so because he proposed through a letter. Damn. I don't. That's too bad. So what's a girl to do but go back to California and this time to Los Angeles? Of course, Hollywood is calling. It always is. And so she gets a job as a waitress. And the last six months of her life, she's couch surfing. She's low on cash. She would move constantly between hotels, apartments, boarding houses in L.A. Um, Just like you at the beginning. Yeah, totally. Just like me. I mean, I did live in a hotel. I know. I always, I always can't get over. And it. I was low on cash, so we're not too, we're not too dissimilar. The Black Dahlia, I mean. Um, but from November uh, to November thirteenth to December fifteenth, she lived in a small two bedroom apartment behind the Florentine Gardens nightclub on Hollywood Boulevard, mm. and it was a very famous like supper, dinner, dance club. Um, it seemed so fun. Chic. Um, and she lived there with eight other young women, cocktail waitress, dancers, and other out-of-towners who hoped to break into showbiz. Oh, right, right. And they paid $1 a day for bunk beds and a couple feet of closet space. I didn't do a calculator. I'm so sorry. But I'm sure. A dollar. What now? Like maybe 50? Yeah. 75? Like, wow. But a day. I don't just know. I don't know. To live in a bunk bed? Like, no, thank you. To share a room with anyone. Yeah. And especially tough. like eight other women. Oof. Um, Elizabeth didn't really have close friends, male or female. She was like kind of a drifter and she would mm-hmm. just hang out with random people every night. Um, one of her old roommates told the LA Times after her death that Elizabeth was out with a different boyfriend each night and didn't have a job. Which is like, okay. well, we've all been there. <laughs> it's like 2019 for you. That was literally 2019 for me. That was me just canceling to go to work. Remember, I would just be like, I'm not going to go in because I want to, like, hang out with this guy tonight. Of course. Priorities. (laughs) You know, we and we have done the therapy, people. We We have done the work. We love to see growth here on Right Answers Mostly. (laughs) (laughs) So she – okay, yeah. And from various sources, like, it's never – I don't think it's actually been confirmed. But from various sources, she was an aspiring actress, although she doesn't have any credits. Heather Dubrow, IMDb. Oh, wow. Triggering, triggering credits from the 1900s. Wow, but God. she's changing that. I'd now. be like, please, someone, I know. write it down. Seriously, yeah. So Elizabeth, but and honestly, like, join the club. Mm. Like, it's fine. <laughs> but hey, we're not here to talk about me. Um, so in the beginning of 1947, she was in San Diego, and she catches the eye of Robert Manley, who is a 25 year old married salesman. 
Salesman. Salesman. And he saw her on a street corner and he was infatuated with her. And she a- or he asked her if she wants a ride. And according to Manley, at first, Elizabeth wouldn't speak to him, but he was persistent. <sighs> if she's not talking to you, she doesn't want to talk to you. Then let it go. Let then it let it go. go. Also, another thing we have we have learned on this podcast, oh God, you know? know. It just like Listen seeing... to boundaries. Truly. Like, no means no. Truly. So... But she eventually does get into his car, and then for the- <laughs> she's like, "All right, I'll get into the most vulnerable Seriously. position I can be with a stranger." It's so cra- crazy, but she probably just wanted to shut him up. Yeah. Um, so for the next month, uh, he takes her on dates when he was in San Diego, even though he's very married. But um, we don't know much about their relationship, but we do know that she called him early in January and said that the place she was living in San Diego fell through, and if he could pick her up and take her to LA. So, on January 9th, 1947, he drives her from San Diego to Los Angeles. Okay. He dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles around 6.30. It's still there? I think it, the it Biltmore? is. That sounds so familiar. Is it a music video now? Uh, or music, music venue, not music Maybe, video. Maybe, probably. Everything downtown kind of is. Everything is. Um, yeah, downtown Los Angeles is such a strange place. It has so much potential. It does. And there's these pockets of, like, romance it is and then you're just like god damn we're truly here right now we are here right now and we say every time we come here we're like oh my god beautiful and then you drive three blocks and you're like damn Ish. tough damn tough exactly so he drops her off at the Biltmore around 6 30 and she tells them that she tells him that she was going there to meet her sister who was visiting from boston that afternoon but a lot of people are like i think she was just using that to get rid of him like i need a ride and then like i gotta go meet my sister so you gotta leave once again, we've been there. Yes. <laughs> we've been there before. So um, the staff at the Biltmore said they saw Elizabeth using the telephone in the lobby and that she was wearing a black suit, white gloves, and black suede heels. Hot. A black suit. A black suit. This is when, like, women were starting to experiment wearing, like, men's I think fat, also right? suit could be a long skirt oh. and, like, a suit jacket. Okay. But chic. Like, I do, even though it, like – kills me to have to get ready i wish that we did dress up more just for like certain like really certain things gloves like driving gloves gorgeous protect those hands i do need that first sign of aging which aging is a beautiful thing but but also if you can't protect those wrinkles <laughs> yeah let's protect the them. hands can show it all they do they they do not lie so this was the last time that elizabeth was seen alive okay oh god it happened at a hotel didn't it did cut it. two i'm not giving anything away okay Cut to the morning of January 15th, 1947. It's a cool morning in Los Angeles in the neighborhood of Lamert Park, which is pretty close to USC, and it's now known as Crenshaw. Oh, okay. So to visualize. So yes. also not too far from where we are right now. Right. Um, a housewife named Betty Bursinger uh, was walking down a residential... <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's always Betty. Bet is always Betty. Was walking down a residential street with her three-year-old daughter when something caught her eye. She sees what appears to be a very white mannequin in an open field. Stop. No, creepy. Yeah. A mannequin that is broken in half. So she's like, what is that? And she gets closer with her three-year-old daughter and realizes that it is the body of a woman who has been cut in half and was lying face up in the dirt. Lying face up? Lying face up. Like her eyes were open uh, face up. What a way to ruin your day. So, Elizabeth bo- Elizabeth's body was completely severed at the waist, and her body was completely drained of all blood. That's why it, was, it looked like white. Leaving her skin like a ghostly white. The body had been scrubbed clean by the killer, 
She had several cuts on her thighs and breast where entire portions of her flesh had been sliced away. The lower half of her body was positioned a foot away from the upper. So it's like um, if you're watching on Spotify right now, like her or YouTube, her chest is like here and her legs are like over here. Um, Not connected. Not connected. She's cut in half. Oh, my God. Yep. Um, And her intestines had been tucked neatly beneath her butt. So it's like they were lying on top of her butt. Um, the lower half of her oh wait, I already the corpse had been posed with her hands over her at her head and her elbows bent at right angle. Ang- my god, I can't talk. Right angles and her legs were spread apart. So she was posed in a very strange way. Um also there are pictures on Google. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. Um and this is one of the worst parts, but how can you choose? Her face had been slashed from the corners of her mouth to her ears. They call it a Glasgow Glasgow smile, but it's where people cut and like cut a smile into your face. Like the Joker. Like the Joker. So this is what this is what this poor woman and her daughter stumble upon one morning. So the woman, um, Betty obviously shielded her daughter's eyes and then ran to a home to call the police. Well, at that point, the kid's already seen I, everything. Trauma. I, what, would, what do you even say? I'd be like, it's a fake statue. What, what do you even say? You like hope, like you try to like almost make it not a big deal, which how could you not, so that they like don't remember this moment. Right. But how could you not? So before the police even arrive, reporters made it to the scene and started taking tons of pictures of the crime scene. Like newspaper reporters Ugh. um two detectives were assigned to the case and by the time they arrived the crime scene at, by the time they arrived at the crime scene it was swarming with reporters and gawkers who were carelessly trampling the evidence it's like john benet we see this time and time again and you think that you would learn from this right i know of like no touchy but especially in the 40s they had no idea they didn't even have a concept of like what dna evidence is i mean oh, we didn't yeah. even until the 90s even in the 90s like it's so much different than what it is now exactly so everyone was like stepping on everything taking pictures uh, like and it's also so sick like this, like don't get close d- why would you want to get how close? could you even get close well people people, people want are, to it's true um so the um they're like back the fuck up and from the lack of blood on the body or in the grass they determined that the victim had been murdered elsewhere and dragged onto the lot one piece at a time there was dew under her body so they knew that she had been placed there after 2 a.m when the outside temperature dipped to 38 degrees um there were rope marks on her wrist and ankles indicated that she had been restrained and possibly tortured and she was definitely tortured like you think yeah like (laughs) Like, like she went out in a peaceful way. <laughs> yeah, there's no fucking way. Be for real right now. Um, and then near the body, de- detectives located a heel print on the ground amid the tire tracks and a cement sack that had some blood on it. And they think that the body was transported in that sack, possibly. Mm. Or the different parts of her were put in the <sighs> sack. It's so disturbing. So, obviously, an autopsy of Short's body was performed at the Los Angeles County Coroner, and the report stated that Short, uh, that this woman was five, uh, five foot, five inches tall. She had light blue eyes, brown hair, and badly decayed teeth. I kept seeing that pop up everywhere. Badly I was like, decayed teeth? I was like, can we not? So soon? Like, your teeth decay? Like, I within hours? I, I think it was just the life she was living. Oh, like, she just had bad teeth. <laughs> like, she didn't have good dental hygiene. No, she did not. I see. Which is well, like, remember d- that. When you're trying to decide if you should brush your teeth or not. What did they use for toothpaste back in the day? 
I have no idea. I recently tried a clay toothpaste. That was a wild experience. I did that for a while. I was shi- I was shivering the whole time, but my mouth did feel clean. Uh, I just like I've tried the natural. Give me the chemicals. Uh, give me the chemicals. Every I want the whitening shit. I, same. I, I want my gums to be bleeding. S- same. <laughs> and they always are because I don't floss. So <laughs> maybe I should start flossing. Say, I mm, I just won't become that person. You have great teeth. You have great oh, teeth. Thank you. Yeah, smile. Smile for the cameras, Clay. Um. So, poor Elizabeth. Um. Her okay. Then they realized that her uterus was surgically removed, and there was evidence that such a tough transition. I'm so sorry. And there was evidence that she had been sexually assaulted. Her uterus was removed. Her uterus was removed, which is so. So someone doing this must have done it before, or really had planned it. Like no one's just like. Say it know again, how to Tess. do that to somebody. Say it again. So investigators believe that it had to be someone with medical training or at least expertise in anatomy because the cuts and the draining and all of that was so precise. And it used a technique called hemocorporeporectomy. So that. So like the blood... It was a specific technique which was widely taught in med school in the 30s, and it involves cutting the body just below the lumbar spine, and it's the only way to cut a body in half without breaking any bones. So this is something that is like you have to. Which is even more terrifying because you're like that's someone that you trust and that you go to for help and that they are trying to. But it's like that Eddie Redmayne um, movie with the the evil nurse with Jessica or Chastain. Yes, which was so the good, good nurse. The good nurse. Yeah, I started. I was too scared. It was so good. They're both so good. I love them. They are both the great. theater kids. Uh, literally ultimate. Um, so they uh, they are like oh also they the cause of death was determined to be hemorrhaging from the lacerations to her face. And so nothing from, else did it? And from blows to the head. But, like, she was still uh, alive when her mouth was being cut, and she bled out and had hemorrhaging from her head, and that is the cause of death. And that is so horrifying. That's awful. Awful. And so they're like, this is a case for the FBI. Literally, Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner, and Chris Jenner knew what was up. They run her <laughs> fingerprints, and they send them to FBI, and by what we by what we know now is like a fax machine. They were able to do that in the 40s, which is crazy. Oh. Um, and they are able to identify that it's 22-year-old Elizabeth Short because she had been arrested in Santa Barbara, so they had her fingerprints. Oh, right. Thank God she got too drunk. Like, literally. Drinking saves lives. <laughs> Getting drunk and rowdy with sailors yeah. saves lives. <laughs> Um, so immediately following oh, her identification, reporters from um, the Los Angeles Examiner contacted her mother, Phoebe Short, in Boston. And they told her that her daughter had won a beauty contest and that they wanted to know more about her. So they were like, yeah, yeah. What? Why? So, so she's all excited and she's giving them oh updates. She's like, oh, she um, called me the other day. This is what she does. This, does. this is what she likes. All this stuff. Finding out more information. Once they get more information on who Elizabeth Short is, they were like, oh, we're actually just kidding. Your daughter has been brutally murdered. They called her, told her that she won a beauty pageant to try to get information out of her for their newspaper. But why did they do, why did they do that? Because they wanted to report. It, it was the most like honest feedback they thought they'd get from the they mom? thought that like if they 
told her that that she would like give an interview about her daughter. They just wanted to find information out about that her. is so sick. Isn't that the most disgusting thing you have ever heard in your life? And then not only that, then after they told her her daughter had been brutally murdered, they were like, "Well, we'll pay for your airfare and accommodations if you would travel to Los Angeles and help the police with their investigation." They do that, but that was another ploy because they kept her away from the police and other reporters so that they could always have the inside scoop from her mom. Like, she would even be able to, like, tell them anything else. Wow. That is some corrupt, fucked up shit. Isn't that the most disgusting thing you've ever heard in your life? That's horrible. A horrible. So, poor Phoebe. Oh. I know. I can't believe that's She's real. already been through enough. Truly. Her husband was <laughs> faking his own death, essentially. The Great Depression. The Great Depression won bathroom. It's not fair. Justice for Phoebe. No. Um. So, like we said, they believe that it had to be someone with medical training. And this kicks off the biggest manhunt hunt in L.A. history thus far. And the media goes crazy with this story. It it, it made page one headline uh, news in L.A. for a full month. Did they know it was a man? I think they assumed. Yeah. I mean, they didn't know, but, like, do women ever do something like this? No. And there it is. And there it is. So they um, – it's really gross to see what the media turned the story into. The Los Angeles Herald Express and the Los Angeles Examiner later sensational – sensationalized the case they described the black tailor suit short was seen last seen wearing as a tight skirt and a sheer blouse wow so it started back well of course, well, of course. It, it was even worse in the 40s exactly slut shaming exactly they nicknamed elizabeth short as the black dahlia describing her as an adventurous who proud hollywood boulevard additional newspaper reports such as one published in the los angeles times on january 17th deemed the murder a sex fiend slaying one article noted that her lifestyle made her, quote, victim material. A police report said that she was known as a teaser of a man. Can we, like, get more creative? We, are, we already know that this is a fucked up narrative, but can we just get a little bit more? Let's start saying that instead of, like, slutty, let's start calling women something else. It's just, like, anything else. Anything else. But also the problem with her, like, always with the victim blaming and calling a woman a slut it makes it them less valuable in the police's eyes and it makes it like well they deserved to do what happened to them and that's what we see with like sex workers murders all the time that they're like well they put themselves in that situation which is disgusting sex work is work and there it fucking is that's such a great way to put it claire like then they're nobody so it doesn't even matter if they get murdered and we can just now focus on the gruesome details and the like they romanticize yeah. it and what's gonna like help our newspaper sell it's so sad <sighs> i know it's so gross um since it was such a publicized case mul- multiple people came forward and confessed that they were the killer which we see with john benet get a hobby yeah we do like i don't understand the need that people have but also there was like a city councilman posted a ten thousand dollars which calculator mm-hmm. is the equivalent to over a hundred uh, like over $131,000 today as a reward for information leading to her killer. So I think people were just like, I want money, so I'm the killer, which is... But then wouldn't they go to jail and like not even be able to use that money? Like, like what is the logic? I mean, they're so stupid that they're claiming that they're a murderer anyway. They just want the 15 minutes of fame, and exactly. then they would know Sick. soon after. Yeah, It's so crazy. So they actually investigated 300 medical students at USC. 
We've been talking about USC a lot, haven't we? Uh, we really have. USC is our third co-host. Like, maybe. Maybe. I mean. By Diane Sawyer. And who else was our third co-host back in the day? Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. And I think Leo. Leo was as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, wow, we have such range. <laughs> <laughs> they um, Obviously, they interview ex-lovers, family, acquaintances, and a total of 750 investigators from LAPD and other departments worked on the case during its initial stages. Were they interviewing that little manly? Oh, yeah. We'll get to him. They receive a few tips and description of a man. Okay, so this is important also. They receive a few tips and a description of a man witnesses notice near the empty lot and describe seeing a black car around dawn. So someone at one point saw a man hanging out near the lot she was found in and a black car. Okay, black car, black suit. Yep. Black Dahlia. Black Dahlia. Wow. Investigators tracked down Cleo Short, her dad, who was living three miles from the dirt lot. He told them he hadn't heard from his daughter in three years, and he was, he apparently. Three years? He, yeah, I guess that happened three years. Oh, yeah, because she had moved back. Okay. But no, that's right. And he said that he was still angry that she wouldn't clean, and, and that he wouldn't even identify the body. Tess. Because she wouldn't clean up after herself he or was for him? So bitter about it. Wow. That is some Honestly, you should have just like stayed gone. Literally. We didn't need you, Cleo. Please work that out with a professional. <laughs> Please. I just can't believe he refused to identify the body. Well, this man was never a good person. No, he really wasn't. He really wasn't. Coward, coward. I threw him through. So a week later, a man claiming to be the murderer called the Los Angeles Examiner and is like, Hey, you guys are doing a really great job covering the case. Guess what? I have Elizabeth's belongings, and I'll send them to you. Yeah. And the newspaper is like, shut up, because they think it's a prank. Well, we do love a prank, (laughs) but not in this way. (laughs) Not in this way. Like, you have to be diligent, or not, what's the word? You have to, I don't know, you have to have some class. You have to know when it goes too far. Exactly. Like, remember when we were prank calling um, all those boys on that Ojai trip? If you get a strange phone call, it wasn't us. But we had to plan it out to make sure it wouldn't hurt anybody. Of course. Of course. You just have to do that. Right. So, um, but on January 24th, nine days after her murder, a suspicious manila envelope was discovered addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles papers. There was a note using cutout letters from a magazine, and it was mostly like a non- collage. <laughs> Someone likes to collage. Like, this is my dream board. <laughs> Um, it like mainly didn't make sense, but it included the phrase heaven is here and the envelopes contained Elizabeth's birth certificate, (gasps) business cards, photographs, names written on a piece of paper in her address book with 75 men in the address book and some pages had been ripped out. We love it, honey. You keep those men in your address book. Rack it up. Mm. Rack it up. Rack that shit up. Um, so that's crazy to get. Business cards. I wonder what her business cards looked like. Um, like actress? I think it was other people's business. Oh, cards. I thought it was hers. I was like, good for her. She's really hustling <laughs> in LA. Not quite. Okay. But the packet had been carefully cleaned with gasoline, which led police to believe the suspect um, had been disinfected by her killer. <sighs> and even though they used gasoline to clean the packet, several partial fingerprints were lifted from the envelope and sent to the FBI for testing. However, the prints were compromised in transit and thus could not be properly analyzed. Damn it. I know. It, like, there's so much stuff about this case that I'm like... So someone had gone into her house or, or these things that she had with her that night? She probably had them on her. It's probably all in her purse. Actually, I don't know about the birth certificate. I'm like, yeah. who actually knows where but the birth certificate is? maybe back in the is? day, like, that was a little bit more valuable. That's so true. Like, now, you know, you can, like, have it on your phone or... And can also, you? when you 
right? Or like I, you can like have a pic. I don't know. When when's anyone ever asking you for your birth certificate? I guess. <laughs> so true. Do you like, know where yours is? I actually like I actually know where my birth certificate, social security, and passport is right now. And where that's an amazing thing. Yeah. <laughs> my address is. No, it's like a gorgeous thing. Like I I don't have a lot of things together, but I have that. Do you know where yours is? Is it with Dib? It's with my mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. nice. But that's don't right. come for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've compromised her safety. <laughs> For your birth certificate, people need her birth certificate. Yeah, it's with my mommy. Yeah, but that's a good place to be. That's that's where I would keep mine if I was closer. Truly. Um. So eventually, thirteen letters would be sent to the police and press, taunting them as they invest, taunting them. Oh, as they as the investigation unfolded, and mainly signing the Black Dahlia Avenger. 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 That kind of seems losery. I mean, this whole thing. Like, just say Black Dahlia. That'd be better than. It's it. Um, they reach out and chat with all the 75 men, um, that were in the address book, but everyone mainly had the same story of like, we went on a date once and then we never really talked again. Like she truly was. She was in her twenties. She was having the time of her life. She was in California. Uh, What else are you going to do? Right. So it was all pretty innocent. And, um, but the address book had the name Mark Hansen engraved on gold font. And we'll get to Mark in a second. So she engraved. So I don't know if it was his address book that she like took and then used as her right. own. Because um, why would she engrave it with someone? Yeah, else's with his name. name. No, it had to be his originally. So Robert uh, Manley, who was one of the last people to see her alive, who dropped her off six days before her body showed up, was an obvious suspect. Yeah, it seems a little predatory. Truly, the fact that he like would not leave her alone. Yeah. Um, so they interrogate him, and he's like, yeah, I was with her. She did seem fidgety when I left her. Like, she seemed nervous that night. She probably just wanted to get away with, get away from him. because yeah, she was around you. Yeah, exactly. But he's like, I promise that I had nothing to do with it. And he willingly takes two polygraph tests, and he tests, er, and he passes both of them. So they're like, okay, you can go. Even though, like, I don't know how accurate those are. I think back in the day, they didn't have as much, so they would kind of... They didn't have anything They were else. more valid than now, right? I know. Isn't that... You can't even use that in a... I case, don't know. Right? If he, I mean, Vanity Fair still uses it, which we love. Those interviews. We, there was not a dream more, interview. Actually, no, I think I'd panic. It's so tense. Like the Courtney and Chloe Kardashian one is so tense. When it's literally like, "Do you love your sister?" <laughs> Courtney just looks over at Chloe and she's like, mm, "Maybe, <laughs> give or take." Depends on the day. Yes. The lie detector guy is like, "That is true." Scary. It is scary. Um, but so they let him go. Like that was it for him. You can train yourself too. I, well, that's the thing. I think like sociopaths can like truly and also. Mine Always be, be calm. Yeah, mine would be off the charts because I'm just a – I'm an anxious person. Same. And if someone's giving me eye contact and even no. asking me, like, did you really eat that for breakfast? Like, I'm going to go bright red. Absolutely. And cry. Gosh. Yeah. No, I would be convicted immediately. Um, at one point, the police talked to Elizabeth's on and off again friend, sometimes roommate, Ann Toth, and Ann points investigators to Mark Hansen. Mark Hansen was the name on the contact. So, who is Mark? Mark Hansen was a wealthy uh, local nightclub and theater owner and a Danish millionaire. Oh, well, no wonder that she had his address book. No Keep that shit close. (laughs) Keep it close. He's like murders her. You listen in, ladies. Keep that shit close. But no, we we love a millionaire. No, of course. Love a millionaire. Um, He was the one that owned the Florentine Gardens, which was the club that Elizabeth lived behind. And he owns the house that um, Elizabeth lived with all the other cocktail waitresses. Okay. Renting a room. Okay. So one of the reasons why Ann Toth told officers to look into Mark was because he was absolutely obsessed with Olivia. Or with, who's Olivia? With Elizabeth. Um, He would forbid her to bring any other men to the house. And the whole time she's kind of like while she's living there because I think it 
he probably like, gave her a discount or something. So she's trying to wait, find a way to like shoo him off without making him mad, mm. which is so that is so unfair that women have to do that. Yeah, you can't even like say a boundary, right? That she would try to like reject him without infuriating him, and yep. that's so not fair. So Elizabeth comes up with a storyline. She thought that this would be the way to get him disinterested, that she was a virgin, and that only made him want her more. Yeah. Um, so to avoid any conflict with Mark, she would have her guy friends drop her off about a block away. But then Mark found out about that and was so pissed at her, and he doesn't speak to her for several days. And then things come to a head in early November when he's like, hey, I'm obsessed with you. I love you. I want only you. And I think she was like, Fine. Uh, and then he brings home another woman. So she's like, well, what the fuck then was all of that? He's trying to like, make her jealous. I think he's just, he's just like a, a douche. Like, yeah. I think he's a douche. Like, we see this with all the men. They're like, I want you and 17 other people. We sure do. So they, like, conflict comes to a head. He evicts her. And then when police question Hanson about all of this, he was like, oh, no, I was, like, never interested in her. Like, I never thought she was hot or, like, anything like that. God. <laughs> yeah. So he completely is, like, that's all made up, which is not. Crazy. Um, and he tells easily provable lies, like, that he didn't speak to her after he evicted her, but they had a phone call where he was like, you can actually come back and live, um, which I guess they had phone records back then, but then it was to a pay phone. There's so many questions I still have about the past. I, same. Maps are my biggest question. How did anyone get anywhere? Like to find a specific address is just. Well, crazy. I mean, we did that growing up with like MapQuest. MapQuest. I feel like we have to bring up MapQuest once every three months. Because you also know that there, we have so many Rammies that do not even know what that is. Y'all, it was. I mean, I wasn't driving, but torture, I imagine, for the driver. Printing out directions. So unsafe. So unsafe. <laughs> like, <laughs> maps in general are so unsafe. Like, you're driving and reading. Oh, my God. Crazy. crazy. So, Mark actually does have an alibi and witnesses to back him up. He said when the murder occurred, he was at a movie theater opening in Long Beach, and then he went to a business associate's house in Redondo Beach till 3 in the morning, which wouldn't give him Two, enough three in the time. Morning. Yeah. What were you doing? Partying till the break of dawn. Mm -hmm. Probably a lot of coke. Drugs. Drugs, baby. Um, he, which it wouldn't give him enough time to get back to L.A., kill Elizabeth, and then dispose of her body in the way that it was, and then get away. So it knocks him down the suspect list, and police never – they never search his property or his vehicle for blood or evidence, and the case just moves on from him. Which I'm like, even if he has an alibi and people back it up, like, let's search a little bit. God, this is, I mean, this is what we saw in the OJ case, too. Yeah, this is literally your job. If it's, like, a successful sort of, like, higher up, like, man, a lot of the times I feel like detectives are like, eh, he's good. He's fine. He's fine. He said so. Like, what, is he going to lie? Yes. Oh, that's, that's disappointing. Yeah. So further reports about Elizabeth's per personal life were publicized, including details about her alleged declining of Hanson's sexual advances. So somehow it's getting out there that, like, this millionaire was coming on to her and she didn't want anything to do with it. And additionally, a stripper who was an acquaintance of Elizabeth told police that she liked to get guys worked up over her, but then she'd leave them hanging dry. That's uh, – once again, we've seen that story. That's such an easy thing to pull out of your back pocket. Yeah, and also like – Like she was a tease. Well, what's the fucking problem with flirting? Exactly. A tease is like the worst thing you can be as a woman. Isn't that so fucked Which up? Which is so crazy. It's I know. like that's your prerogative. And like have you ever heard of boundaries? They're a beautiful thing. Get used to them. I – 
And so this led some reporters and detectives to look into the possibility that Short was a lesbian. Oh. And the, like, can you imagine? She's like, she denied the advance of a millionaire So man. she has to be a lesbian. <laughs> she has to be gay. Um, oh, God, it's so sad. So they began questioning employees and patrons of gay bars in Los Angeles. This claim, however, remained unsustainable. Uns- oh my you god you got it baby you got unsubstained. it unsubstained you can tell Ups- when i copied unsubstained unsubstained that is a hard thing to say yeah when i copy and pasted a word and like didn't write it myself because i've never used that word in my life this is why the people come back exactly this is what you're here for but yeah so then they started putting that out in the press the people at the gay bars are like we have other like bigger issues yeah, to deal with really like our like, basic rights not having rights yeah but truly hey, have fun with this little case it's crazy so crazy there are other theories about like like I saw a theory that Mark was involved with this bus or this bellboy at a at a hotel and that they were involved with the mob and that he killed Elizabeth because he knew <laughs> I should have wrote this down. <laughs> you got just keep keep it going. Because he like Mark was involved with the mob and so was this bellboy and then this guy that Elizabeth was dating was also involved and he started telling Elizabeth about it so she knew too much so Mark hired this bellboy to like kill her so that was one theory okay but here's the theory that I actually think is real and this is what most people are thinking who the actual killer is so Steve Hodel is a retired LAPD homicide detective who worked on over 300 murder cases after he retired he started researching this case and he published his research claiming that the murderer was George Hodel his own father (gasps) yeah Sorry, my stomach's making crazy noises. I can't hear it. Oh, thank God. These great mics. You can't hear wow. much except our voices. Yeah. So all of a sudden, he's like, my dad did it. So Steve wasn't- Who was still alive? Um, his dad was dead. Okay. so But no. Steve was still alive. He more was retired. Yeah. Okay. So who the hell was George? Um, he was a wealthy doctor in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He was described as well-connected, a dashing man with a high IQ. He was in charge of a venereal disease in L- clinic in L.A., so he was a very busy man. Wait, what's that? It's like STDs. Oh, venereal disease. So he was a busy man. <laughs> like that was good, very Claire. busy. Thank that you. That was good. <laughs> oh my God. I know. It's giving H.H. Holmes, by the way, a little bit, isn't it? It's a hundred percent giving H.H. Holmes. Check out our H.H. Holmes episode. Part one and two. So, part it's a two parter. Art from spooky season last year. Wow. It's like someone really smart and like knows anatomy and handsome, handsome and wealthy so people are like he definitely could have ever done anything bad why are all serial killers hot it like just like, makes is it... it but i still well, don't all find ted bundy attractive i don't so either and all those women did. with signs outside should be ashamed of themselves absolutely same thing with charles manson it's like he's not attractive like, that's your guy that's your guy H. H. Holmes at least was sexy yeah he really was let's like all, we'll give it to it. him yeah yeah this also being having a venereal disease clinic in L.A., it gave him the, all the inside scoop of the sex lives of the sex workers and the L.A. elite. Because I think it was all these rich people getting STDs and having to go to him. I mean, someone needs to make a documentary about this. Like, actually, or like a scripted show. Be I, fascinating. Wow. I was also like, people knew about STDs back in the 40s. I yeah. still just like don't know where, we, where we're at. <laughs> no, I know. Because it is with the past. It's like... I, I just think, like, knowledge was invented yesterday, and it right. absolutely was not. Like, when did people know that you should wear a condom? Condom used to be sheepskin, right, or something? What? <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. I have no idea. Should we do a history of, like, sex, sex. education? Yes. Oh, my God. Because it would be, like, vibrators, like, sex protection. Yes. STDs. <laughs> Everyone's like, we're good. 
Thank you, Bill. We're actually passed. No, on I think that. that'd be like we were going to talk about the vibrator. Yeah, and then we thought maybe there was enough there, but we could combine it. I think I think that would be such a fun episode. Let's do it for a live show. We just have like eye contact with people. Yeah, just like gonorrhea. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like that's my worst nightmare. I'm like literally blushing right now. Oh, I'm dying. That's so good. he was on the inside scoop. Um, <laughs> he wasn't a surgeon, but he was reported to have breezed through medical school where he studied to be one, and then decided they're like STDs would be a better go, path for me. They're like go ha- hand out some rubbers. <laughs> Truly. Um, so after George's death, his son found two, um, his son Steve found two photos of a woman he believed to be Elizabeth Short. <gasps> However, it's never been confirmed to be her, and I think I saw it on that BuzzFeed. Um, unsolved thing that's on YouTube and like I don't really think it looked that much like her like it was a gorgeous woman and so was Elizabeth Short but like I don't know pictures were more blurry back then I guess you could look different yeah like he took it of her or Or like I think he had it it's like like safekeeping mm. um Prior to the Dahlia case, George was suspected, George Hodel, was suspected but not charged in the death of his secretary Ruth Spaulding oh yeah He's already suspected for a murder. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. If they can do one, they can do another one. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Like, you never want to be suspected of one murder in your life. No, try to keep that off. Off your resume. Yeah. So Steve began investigating, coming to believe that his dad had a romantic relationship with Elizabeth and that they had been spotted. And they had actually been spotted together at a hotel in downtown, downtown Los Angeles. But he wasn't in the address book? I don't think so. I didn't find that he was in the address book, but a few pages were ripped out of the address book. I don't know if I oh, said that. Yeah, yeah, you did. I wonder why. So, I mean, the, maybe George's oh, name was on oh, there. Oh, right. Yeah. Who knows? So, um, which is like so obvious. So obvious. Um, okay, so Steve suggested that his dad was also par- par- possibly responsible for the murder of this woman, Jean French, which occurred three weeks after Elizabeth's murder. Jesus Christ. Like Elizabeth, Jean received blunt force trauma to the head, and the body was also found oddly posed in a vacant lot early one morning. French's body had the letters BD written in red lipstick on her body, which could stand for the Black Dahlia. Like, how could it not be associated and it's the exact same thing. And I don't – I think he just thinks that his dad also – well, yeah, if his dad did Black Dahlia, then his dad did that too. Like, that has to be the same person. That's crazy. Especially because I could also be, like, it being a freak who was, like, just trying to replicate it. But you have to have that skill. Right. Not everyone can do that so no. casually. Exactly. Um, so the notes um, allegedly sent by the killer after the murder matched – after the murder, like, to the police station, it matched George Hodel's handwriting, according to an expert handwriting person. But I do have to clarify that expert handwriting person was hired by Steve, who is, like, has – like, Steve is really mm. pushing his hypothesis. Handwriting, like, in these kind of cases. John Binet. John Binet. I mean, it's just so fascinating. I'm just – because also, how, yeah, how can you trust the person that's interpreting it, too? Like, who were they hired by and what are their motives? I think it's, like, the same thing with lip reading that I'm just, like... It could be any... Like, yeah. Like, I feel like your guess is honestly as good as ours. Yeah. But I don't really know anything about it. Damn. Um So, evidence was found... Oh, this... To me, this is crazy. Evidence was found that George Hodel had a 50-pound sacks of concrete sent to his home for remodeling on January 9th, 1947, the last day Elizabeth was seen alive and six days before her body showed up. And if you remember, what was found at the crime scene was an empty concrete sack with some blood on it. So why wasn't he convicted? There's even more. So George drove a black 1936 um, 
Picard that looks, I don't, I've never heard of that card before, that looks similar to the description of the black card that had been seen at dawn on the okay. empty lot where Elizabeth's body was found. Um, Steve, George's son, his research pointed out similarities on how Elizabeth's body was found. And the works by George's friends, surrealist artist Man Ray, have you ever heard of this guy? No. N- literally me either. Um, but Elizabeth's arms were posed above her head, which is very similar to one of his photographs. Um, and the slits on her mouth uh, could have been inspired by one of his paintings that have like slits all over a body. Um, and according to Steve, George, his dad, idolized Man Ray and wanted to be an artist himself. So he thinks it's like an attempt. But the problem with all of this for me, it's all adding up. But I'm also like, I don't know. It seems like his son is like, but it could like, be like it could be that he was inspired by him. Not like you think the son is reaching. Was. I don't think his son is reaching, but I think it's just hard to have concrete evidence if everything is like. Well, it could be a picture of her. Well, he could be inspired. Right. By if him. the photo like doesn't really match, that is the one thing where it's like, mm, let's not do that with this kind of case. Yeah, I just, I just, there just is like not as much concrete stuff yet to me. Tamar Hodel, George's daughter. This is upsetting. Recall that her father would throw these major parties at their home and that Man Ray and Hollywood stars would attend. And Tamar said that she posed nude for Man Ray when she was a child. And then she ran away from home in 1949 and reported her father to the police, telling them that he had tried to teach her about oral sex at the age of 11 and that he had offered her to his friends for sex when she was 14. Oh, my God. And that George himself had raped her. So whether he was the murderer in this case or not, he's a disgusting person. And I will say, like, I think if you can be that disgusting, like, you could kill a person. A hundred percent agree. Yeah. So he was a terrible guy no matter what it was. And to me, I'm like, well, that backs it up more. Um, George was ultimately acquitted of incest charges after uh, other family members testified that Tamar was lying. But... They, however, they could have been motivated to do so because George was supporting his whole family financially. Right. That poor girl. Oh, my God. That poor girl. Also, I saw that she moved. He raped her when she was 14, and she moved somewhere and then had a baby at 15. And it's not confirmed, but it is. Jesus. That is upsetting. I mean, I have to put two and two together and assume. Yeah. That's what it is. So, um. In 1950, George moved or fled to the Philippines, and in 1967, there was a woman murdered in Manila, um, and she was also found bisected and posed in an empty lot like the Black Dahlia, and Steve claims his father was living just a half mile away from the crime scene. Okay. So, so this is like all this again, stuff. Yes. yes like, and I'm like putting it together too. Like, yeah. Yeah. This all makes sense. Um, in 1950. Uh, or sorry, cut to 2012. Steve Hodel visited his childhood home with a production crew. Oh, to me, I'm like, like why? Are we, <laughs> wow, why are we here all of a sudden? Yeah, see, that's why I'm like, kind of like Steve. He, what he, are your motives? He's a little here? starfuckery. Yes, about his dad being a murderer, which is so sick. Right, like that's what you want the like your legacy even yes, to. But I can't even imagine he grew up in like a safe child. Right, he's trying to clearly figure out some things. This is him working through trauma. Right. Um. So. Uh, Production crew, a former police officer, and a search dog that picked up the scent of human uh, decomposition in multiple locations on the property. And the dog did pick it up. From after all those years? So, a forensic... Yes, because a forensic... Dogs are wild. We've said it before. Dogs They're the heroes of this podcast. They they are the heroes of this world. It's true. Justice for dogs. Literally. 
Um, so a forensic anthropologist who helps pioneer chemical analysts of human de- decomposition. Can you even imagine? Ooh. Um, said what a that, life. What gets you there? That I do not know. That would be a wild person to interview. Um, he said that it doesn't technically mean that remains are located where the search dog picked up the scent because the markers the dog detects can move um, can move by being like carried by water or other forces um, over the years. However, he analyzed the soil sample himself and found that it was positive for human remains. However, the sample indicated a death anywhere it could be from 20 to 100 years ago. Damn, that's crazy. How do we have this technology? But I'm like, if this man, if we're saying all this stuff, and then there's human remains at his house that are being detected. Right. Let's all come together. Right. And make sense of this, which is so obvious. Right. So after hearing about this, the George Hodel theory, LA Times reporter Steve Lopez went to the Los Angeles DA and was granted access to case files and grand jury documents. And in these files, he found a photo of George Hodel listing him, him as one of 21 suspects. So he was a suspect. I forgot about that. So they were on him as all of this was happening. It was also revealed in notes from 1949, uh, a grand jury report, that investigators had wiretapped Hodel's home without him knowing and had listened to him for 40 days. One recorded conversation of him with an unidentified visitor said, Quote, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia, they couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. They thought there was something fishy. Anyway, now they, uh, anyway, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. Maybe I did kill my secretary. So that's there. So no normal person talks like that. No one would ever say, so maybe I did, like, imagine if I just said that casually in conversation, like, there was something going around in LA, and I was like, maybe I did kill them. I would. Like, never speak to me again. No, I would be like, what is wrong with you? You're sick. <laughs> You'd call the police. It's crazy. So, um, another transcript describes what may have been the sound of another woman being attacked in a house basement. Um, and the investigation into Hodel's possible ties to Short was shut down abruptly in 1950, with one of the lead investigators stating that the recordings taken from Hodel's home eliminated him as a suspect. What? Why? What? While Steve claimed his father, via his occupation, had knowledge and about corruption in the LAPD and their ties to the prostitution and abortion rings that the police, uh, yeah, wow. and so the police were covering up for what? Hodel. I was waiting for something like this. Of, of course, like, it's always corruption. Always corruption, honey. And it's so fucking frustrating because, like, how are we supposed to get anything done? No, when people have these little secrets and everyone's trying to protect each other because they're getting money. It's money. It's money. And everyone is covering. It's money and people doing really gross things. Well, isn't that... It's that's It's all of it. Politics. Truly. Business. Politics. It's it's all all there. It's all connected. Um, So there was a transcript of him saying, of George Hodel saying, quote, this is the best best payoff I've seen between law enforcement agencies. I'd like to get a connection in the DA's office. The tapes were lost. Right. They just happened to get burned somehow. But the transcripts were there. Well, we love a a transcript. We love a transcript. Um, So 48 hours did an investigation, and according to them, the LAPD admits that much of the physical evidence from the Black Dahlia case is not with the files, and it's unclear where, where it is or why it would be missing. I think we know. 
God, so do you think every murder could be solved, but the ones that aren't solved are stuff like this, where someone knows something, but there is like a level of... What do we not know? Yeah. There's so much. I'm like... What do we not know with John Bonet? What do we not know with John Bonet? What do we not know that's happening, like... And the government. I know. I don't want to go down. I, no, I, I know. You can't, you can't go there. It. But but it's there. But it's there. It's so upsetting. George Hodel re- returned from the Philippines in 1990, and he died in 1991 at the age of 91. And Oh, damn. He, he lived just, a long time. He really did. It's always the bad people that do, isn't it? I know. It's really frustrating. So on the BuzzFeed video, the legacy of all this, where hmm. does this all go? On the BuzzFeed video, they said that in 1954, doctors gave Manly – Manly? I forgot what his name is. The Manly? guy who dropped her off. Manly. Manly. Um, they gave him um, – because they still hadn't figured it out. Um, I said with quotes. Yeah. Um, they gave him um, Pentothal, pin, pin, which at one point uh, was thought to be a truth drug that they thought would induce oh. honesty. Which is so crazy. So, so witchy of them. It's so mean girl. Like kind of, of love it. <laughs> I do too. Be like, like Who would I oh god. Oh, who would you, who would you give truth serum? Chris Jenner. <gasps> out of everyone that we've done. Out of everyone in the world. I feel like she must know so much shit. About like everyone that we're curious about too. Yes, exactly. Um, she would definitely be one of them. Out of everyone we covered, definitely I think Chris Jenner. What about you? Just because I'm thinking like spooky season, like yeah. maybe Amanda Knox. Because I'm like, what really? What the fuck did you see? Or John Benet's dad? Oh, right, John Benet's dad. What definitely. Are we even thinking. Oh my I'm god, so I'm so sorry. sorry. We got distracted. I know. We definitely give it to John Benet's dad. I know. But like, besides spooky, I mean, God rest her soul, if she were still alive, Princess Diana. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like we started with Diana and her own words. We started getting some stuff. I know. But like. She would have so many secrets about the royals. I know. Like, what re- what they really forced her to do about the queen. Also, what was in the serum that they, like, thought that it induced honesty? Scary. It's like I mean, is that kind of alcohol in yeah, a way? Yeah, so Like, true. get someone wasted and they'll pro- pretty much tell you everything you need to know. What do they say? Drunken minds speak sober hearts? Something like that? They sure do, Claire. Wow. My mom used to say it to me all the time in college because I'd be like, we like, I got into a fight with, like someone and they said this and she was all and i was like but i think they were just drunk and she'd be like no tess mm. drunk drunken words are sober thoughts that that there it is sometimes it is. i think sometimes, i think it varies like i think also when you're drunk you can just be i mean ridiculous. your brain is being poisoned so sometimes it's like <laughs> who knows what's gonna come out of you give or take you know um so they question him about the case and they find him innocent but he died on January 9th, 1986, after an accidental fall in his apartment. He died exactly 39 years to the day that he last saw Elizabeth Short alive. Do you How think he threw himself down the stairs? I don't know. Like, as much as I'm like, yeah, it was George Hodel, but I'm like, but also, do we know? Do we know? Do we know? Like, this case is so old. And as I was doing my research, I expected there to be more yeah you know yeah i mean like it seemed like it was kind of shut down yeah in a lot of ways and then there also just wasn't that much like you can't go back and like they didn't have like a lot of things like for fres forensic forensic um forensic forensic Mm -hmm. there we go yep like evidence and shit so and she like wasn't she was such a drifter herself too so it's like hard to have like a lot of stories there and like connections and yeah it's like the perfect storm um but uh elizabeth is buried in oakland california 
Bay Area. Bay Area. Her mother. Why? I don't know. Like, she never even. She liked the beach. Put that woman by the beach. Put her in Miami. Like, literally. That's, like, where I feel like she was safest. I agree. Um, Her mother, Phoebe, moved to Oakland to be near her daughter's grave. She fought that poor oh, woman. Oh, my God. Phoebe May. Oh, my God. Bless your sweet, sweetheart. Truly. And Phoebe uh, returned to the East Coast in the 70s, where she lived into her 90s and died in 1992. Um, this is interesting, though. On February 7th, 2nd, 1947, just two weeks after Short's murder, Republican State Assemblyman C. John Field was um, prompted by the case to introduce a bill calling for the formation of a sex offender registry. Oh. And the state of California would become the first U.S. state to make the registration of, se- of sex offenders mandatory. Hey, California, you really show up in a lot of ways that Truly, we love. Always being the pioneer. Like I California and Colorado, we love you. I know. You guys are good. You guys have been good to us with weed. Yes. Reproductive with, rights. Exactly. With... Um, wasn't it legal in, for gay marriage in those states before? Yeah, I think... State by state. I can't believe in our three. lifetime that became legal. We are so behind in so many things. It's actually crazy to think it about. It is wild. It is. Um, but, hey, at least something good could come from that. That's true. And that is the case of the Black Dahlia. Wow. What a weird Ooh. What a weird one for me, honestly, to be quite frank with you guys. How do you feel? Why do you feel? I don't know. Why, why, why do you, do you feel, feel the way you feel? <laughs> what I do you feel mean? Like, I don't know. Do you I, wish there was more resolution? I think I wish there was more resolution. I feel like it's all kind of just because it's an older, like, cold case. There's just so much, like, I feel like someone threw papers in the air, mm. and you're just trying to, like, grab things, and you're like, I can't find what I need. Right. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like... It's just like a frustrating it is. case because you're like, we probably know. It is crazy. This poor woman, how gra- how brutally gruesome it was. Truly. And then just to make her into this slutty character that deserved it because of she how was that, having a good time. That's what like every it's single wild. one of her friends, I say in quotes again, were always like, yeah, but she was with a different guy every night. Who's so Oh, so she should get murdered? Yeah, seriously. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. And I it makes me sad because she already lived such a tough life and she was just trying to find her place. And I think she wanted stardom yeah. by being an actress. And it's like in the worst way possible, she did. Man, that's so true. It's just like the way that her body was found is so gruesome and terrible. And it's just so crazy that it's still an open case. But no one's ever going to solve that now because everyone's dead. Right. But like, I think, you know, everyone can make their own. I mean, let's like make sure that George Hodel is always on our shit list now. Literally. What a piece of shit. Um, well, that was great. Thank you. That was so, so much. I mean, these I, very upsetting, but also spooky season's a lot of fun just because these is. are a lot of things I don't know about because I Same. have never really been a true crime girly. And so I'm always like, this is a special treat that like finally I know what this was about. Exactly. And like, yeah, just learning learning from our past so that we can do better. That's what we're always here for, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I really want an iPad to read our notes off of now that we're in this fancy studio. Yeah, let's get an iPad. Okay, let's get it. Let's do it. Put on the card. <laughs> Write it off. Um, well, we will have merch soon. We will have merch soon. It's I know we keep saying that. exciting. Um, we are going to have a special guest on next week that's taking us through a story we will both be on. Um, and it will be the same format just with our special guest, Shannon. So look out for that. And I think you should go ahead and announce what you're gonna do oh my god okay yes oh should i yeah, yeah. I think okay you should. so you kids have been asking we are going to do the one the only 
Amelia Earhart. We got an email this morning from someone specifically requesting Amelia. We have gotten so many DMs, and it's perfect for spooky season because it's unsolved and, of course, one of the greatest mysteries of all time. I think it's going to be so good. You Rammies love the aviation stories. Truly, the Malaysia flight popped off. That did pop off. And it always is you. That that episode I like hated when I did it, and now like I have a special place in my heart for it. I it was like drenched in sweat, sort of like situation when you're just like I don't know what any of this means. It's so hard hosting. It's so hard hosting, but yeah, we're gonna do Amelia. We're gonna have Shannon, our guest, is gonna do something very disturbing. I can't wait because I had never heard about this case until oh my god, I literally until you guys were texting about it. So gross and crazy, and like kind of an interesting study in psychology of how we. Think about women yes. doing this versus men, something we have talked about a lot on this show that's more normalized for men. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Wait. Spooky season's always a nice time. October. October, you thrive. We love you. We love you, October. Um, please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Right Answers Mostly. Subscribe yes. to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, hopefully a five-star. We would love you for it. And a written review is also super helpful. Please. we got to get that number back up. We really We've do. had some one-stars that say that they don't like how we pronounce things. I'm so. so sorry. I'm, like, really working on it. But, um, you know, constructive criticism. Of course. We're trying. Of um, course. And then please get tickets to our live show. Yes. We we would love to sell out. We really would. And just to have that space with, with all you guys. Yeah. we're scared. We're so scared. We're so nervous. But we're so excited. And then obviously Austin, New York, like everywhere we want to come to you. We want to do a UK tour. But make sure if – we will go everywhere. But just please bring some friends so we can just make sure that we have, you know, I literally thought crowds. about that today. B- bring your boyfriend. Bring your girlfriend. Yes. Bring your mom. Bring your dad. And also actually – come if you say we beg beg of you please don't lie to us about this please but we love you guys so much please share with your friends and i'll start talking now we love you Uh, thank you so much guys great job claire as always look at us like rocking back i can't stop rocking it's kind of making me like motion (laughs) me too i'm gonna throw up okay love you guys Bye. bye